sweet friends welcome back to another episode of the love your bod pod i'm your host i'm kara corinne safeli i'm a certified health coach i'm a food and body image coach but uh, as you may have heard in some previous episodes i am in the process of retiring from coaching and moving on to another chapter in my life but before i turn the page so to speak I wanted to record a couple of more podcasts, a couple of more things that have been on my heart, a couple of more conversations that I feel like I want to have with all of you that I hope benefit you and make a difference for you as I start to wrap up this journey of being an online coach and The conversation that I want to have today is one that I've talked briefly about at multiple times throughout my career on Instagram. One of the things that I did before recording this podcast was like scroll through and I found a post all the way back from 2014 where I posted something that had a very similar energy to the conversation that I want to have today. And that is around death and dying and thinking about the end of your life again not in a morbid way not in a suicidal way but in a matter of fact way we're all gonna die someday and it's all coming for us eventually it's like i've always heard this cliche thing where people are like yeah like the only two certainties in life are birth and death you know and One of the things that I've started to realize now, I've been in this massive state of self-reflection and um, self-inquiry, which has led to the decision to close the coaching business down. But one of the things that I've noticed that I didn't really notice is how often I talk about death and the end of my life um, and how thinking about it has been very clarifying for me. And living my life thinking about the end of my life has been really helpful in me showing up powerfully and doing things that I'm afraid of or things that I really, really want to do but have a lot of self-doubt around or insecurity around whatever, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. And I wanted to not leave this podcast before I had a conversation around it. So... How I'm going to start out this podcast is I want to read to you some of the Instagram posts that I've posted over the years about this, and then I want to talk about the top five regrets of the dying. That is a book by Bonnie Ware. She's from Australia, and she was a hospice care provider, death doula, so to speak. She spent a lot of time with the dying, and... She said that over her tenure as a death doula, she doesn't call herself a death doula, but I've come to realize that she's the equivalent of a death doula, but she says hospice care provider or something like that. She kept noticing that in her conversations with the dying and the sick and the terminally ill, the same five regrets kept coming up over and over and over again. 
And at first she wrote a blog about it and the blog went mega, mega viral. And then eventually she got a book deal and she wrote a book about it. And I recently wrote the book, wrote, not wrote the book, read the book um, last year, some, some point in 2022, I can't, I can't recall. Time is moving too fast for me now. Um, so I can't keep track, but it was definitely 2022. So let's just kind of get into it. I'm going to read a couple of Instagram posts and then we're going to go through the top five regrets of the dying. And then I want to talk about how that relates to eating disorder recovery and body image healing and no longer letting your body shame and disordered eating and eating disorder win and get in the way of you living a beautiful life that you love and that you're excited about and lit up about and want to live. So we're dating all the way back to September 9th, 2014. This post is still on my Instagram. It's me drinking a Thai tea with almond milk. You can see cute little Kara. I must've been like, I don't know, 22 or 23 or 24. I don't know. I was young. I was in my early twenties, but anyways. Okay. Here it goes. Hi babes. How many of you have plans for someday? Someday I'll chase that dream. Someday I'll be healthy. Someday I'll be happy and on and on and on. Yesterday, an amazing woman said something to me and I wanted to share it. She said, this life you are living right now is not a practice round. This is it. You're one shot at this game called life. Why are you not giving it your all? You are not going to wake up tomorrow in your someday life. You have right now and right now only. She asked, what are you waiting to do someday that you could be doing right now? Maybe the timing isn't right or you're not prepared enough or whatever. Someday is an illusion you need to stop living in. I looked at her while taking inventory of my someday plans. She said, Kara, darling, you need to cut that shit out. Rearrange your busy schedule because someday is not the right time. And then I say a couple of more things. But my point is, so many of us, myself included, go throughout life like this isn't it. Like this isn't it, this moment and this moment and this moment. We act as though yesterday is real and tomorrow is real when really the only thing that truly exists is this moment right now. And when you're caught up in dieting and disordered eating and eating disorder stuff, so often we're like, okay, well diet starts tomorrow or tomorrow I won't binge and purge, right? Like tomorrow I'll be better. Tomorrow I'll be better. Tomorrow we'll be better. Acting as if the day right now, this moment, isn't it, that this isn't it. And how many times have you been like tomorrow or next week or this summer? We keep putting off our life as if the moment in front of us isn't all there is. And try to really let that land. This is a concept that I first heard from Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now, but then I've heard it reiterated to me in different ways from different spiritual teachers and mentors and things over the years. Um, but it's a concept from the power of now. That's at least where I like think I first had this conversation express, uh, you know, shared with me, but it's like, we act like literally the moment that we are in right now, the moment that you are in, as you are listening to this, we act like this isn't our life. So we'll be like, I'll be happy when I'm thin, right? Or I'll be happy when I lose the weight you know, and there's other ways this can look. It's like, I'll be, it's like, oh, I hate middle school and 
everybody knows that it's when you get to high school that that's when you'll feel better and you'll be cool and like everything will be okay and then you get to high school and you're like this isn't it this sucks I hate this I just need to hang on until I get to college because everybody knows that when you get to college you're going to meet people that are like-minded and you're going to feel good about yourself and confident and everything is going to be great so like we just need to get to high school and then we get to college and it's stressful and it's hard and maybe we don't find the exact right friends that we're looking for or our body isn't looking the way we want it to look and so we're like yeah no college isn't it college isn't it this isn't it everybody knows that when you graduate college and you get a job and then you're working that like that's when you'll be happy that's when you'll finally feel the way that you want to feel and life will go the way that you go so I just need to get through college and then you graduate and you get a job and you enter into the workforce and maybe you get an apartment and you get rent and it's stressful and it's hard and maybe you're going through a breakup maybe you're still struggling with your relationship with food and your your body or like whatever and you're like oh my god this sucks this isn't it either this isn't it either it's it's when I finally make enough money and I like am able to buy a house or you know, like whatever it is, I'll be happy then. Like it's when I'm able to get that house, I'll be happy. Or maybe it's when I finally get married and then you get married and you're like, no, this isn't it. It's when I have children, I need to have babies. And then you have babies and you still feel like something is missing. And you're like, maybe I need to get a divorce or maybe we need to move across the country or maybe I need to have this massive career change or like whatever, whatever, whatever. Like it's always this someday illusion that when we get to that someday thing we'll finally be happy and we'll and then that'll finally be our real life I hope I'm explaining this well it's like this carrot that just dangles in front of us and we keep living life like this moment isn't all there is but this moment is literally all there is tomorrow isn't here yet and yesterday is gone this is it and if what I'm saying right now isn't quite landing and you're not quite If you don't feel like you're fully getting what I'm saying, my hope is that through the end of this podcast, as I continue to extrapolate and talk about this subject and share a little bit more, uh, that it will start to land. So if you're kind of confused and you don't know what I'm talking about, like just please stick with me. And I do have faith that by the end of the podcast, this will be making sense and landing if it hasn't quite landed for you yet. And so my invitation to you is to really look at where in your life are you acting like this isn't it? Where are you living within the illusion of someday and not living your life today as if this is the only opportunity that you have to live your life? Because right now, this moment is the only guaranteed moment. It's the only guaranteed opportunity to live your life. And where do you keep putting shit off? Because you're like tomorrow, the next day, someday, next summer, next year, whatever. Now, this isn't to say, you know, don't, don't like, Try not to twist this into like saying you can't rest if you're tired today and you're going to plan to work out tomorrow. Like try to take what I'm saying at face value and not twist it into like Kara saying, you know, I have to work out today because this is it and I can't, you know, take a rest day and exercise tomorrow. Try not to twist it into that. Um, My point being is like just take inventory of your someday plans and then Take inventory of how long you've been living with those someday plans and not actually doing the thing. Like how many years have you put off dating because your body isn't quite right? Just when I'm thin, I'm, I'll start dating. Or how long have you put off vacation or telling the truth to somebody or calling that person you want to call or telling your mom how you really feel or whatever? Just take a look. 
Just take a look at how many things are you putting off because you're living within the illusion of someday. And I had a conversation with a client literally just last week. She's been struggling with an eating disorder for multiple, multiple decades. And prior to the eating disorder really rearing its ugly head, there was substance abuse issues. And one of the things that we've been talking about is how for decades she's been saying tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow I won't binge and purge. As acting as if the moment right in front of her isn't it. And the last multiple decades have been this isn't it tomorrow though. And I just want to invite you to take a look at that too. And I'm not sharing this with you from a pedestal. I'm sharing this from a place of I do this too. I do this too. And so I'm having this conversation for myself um, as much as I'm having it for you. And I hope that it's helpful for you as well. So uh, moving on, next Instagram post. Okay, so uh, this one is more recent. It's from August 26, 2021. And it is called, I titled it, <laughs> it's on Instagram as well. It's called, At the End of My Life, A Story. For as long as I can remember, I wanted to play, play big in life. I wanted to experience it all. And this desire has taken me some, to some really magical places. Scuba diving off the coast of Thailand and Belize, studying abroad in Melbourne, Australia, drinking ayahuasca in the mountains of Peru. It's also led to decisions that some might see as irresponsible. I dropped out of college my junior year because I didn't see the point in going into debt. Quitting a high-paying, quote-unquote high-paying, corporate job to open a restaurant without any experience. Investing over $100,000 into my personal development, healing, and business mentorship. My desire to live a life lived fully has also put me in danger. I was kidnapped at age 23 with two of my friends. I've been drunk in alleys in Mexico. I nearly lost my life to an eating disorder. And I wouldn't change a thing. I've often lived my life thinking about the end of my life. Not in a morbid way, but in an I only get one life, how do I need to live it so at the end of it I am fulfilled kind of way. I want to say that I gave it my all. I didn't let fear stop me. And that I saw the challenges in my life as an initiation into my fullest potential. I'm going to want to feel grateful, full of wonder, and free from regret. I'm going to want to say that I loved fiercely, spoke truthfully, and followed my dreams. Because the truth is, this life we are living is not a practice round. This is it. Our one shot at this game called life. Here is your invitation to give it your all. So I invite you to just take a moment and think about how do I need to live my life right now? What are the choices I need to make? What are the things I need to do? What do I need to say so that I can look back and say... I'm fulfilled. I'm happy with the life that I've lived. I've done the things that my heart has wanted to do. A question that I always love to ask myself in a variety of different situations is, how do I need to handle this, whatever this is, so that I can look back and say, I'm really proud of how I handled that. And kind of keeping on with the theme of thinking about the end of our lives, it's like, what choices do I need to make right now in my life 
so that at the end of my life, I can look back and say, I lived, I lived, I did the thing, you know? Um, Okay, so next post. This one is from August 26, 2019. So we're kind of jumping around years here, but uh, whatever. Okay, here we go. It was the night of my going away party. I was just shy of 27 and had decided to quit my well-paying, comfortable job in LA to risk everything and move to Arizona to open a restaurant, something I had been dreaming of doing for a while. My friends were gathered around when one asked something along the lines of, but aren't you afraid? How'd you get the courage to do this? Of course I am afraid, I replied. This might be the biggest mistake of my life, and I may regret leaving a great, quote, great job in a city I love to completely fail at owning my own business. But I'm going to try it anyway. One of the most valuable skills I've learned over the years is how to take action in spite of fear. Without having it all figured out and with all my limiting beliefs swimming around in my head telling me to stay in my comfort zone. With change comes uncertainty, but without taking new action, nothing changes. And it's that reality that has given me the courage to just start, to just try it, to just go after it, whatever it is for you. Be it finally choosing to work towards recovery and eating pizza without guilt or starting that side hustle or passion project or leaving a relationship that's no longer serving you. If you've been waiting for the fear to go away or for it to feel like the right time or for the certainty that it will all work out, then you might be waiting a long time. You might be waiting forever because the longer you wait to act, the scarier the action becomes and the less confident you will feel. There's real neuroscience to back this up. On the contrary, action breeds confidence. Rarely have I felt totally confident in myself when trying something new or taking a big risk. Rather, it's a result of messy and perfect action, of just starting and figuring it out that has led to confidence over time. So what is it? Here's your permission slip. The words of encouragement telling you to just go for it, to just try it out. Let the fear be there and do it anyways. Having fear, thinking it's not the right time or that you don't have everything figured out yet is one of those someday things where it's like this moment right now, isn't it? It's not the right moment. It'll be the right moment when X, Y, and Z. It's the same energy. It's the same pattern of like, well, I'm not happy in middle school. Everyone knows it's high school. And oh, high school isn't it. Everybody knows it's college. And nope, college isn't it. Everybody knows it's when you get a job. And nope, this isn't it. Everybody knows it's when you get married. And nope, this isn't it. Everybody knows it's when you get a baby. Nope, this isn't it. Everybody knows it's when you get divorced and you become polyamorous and whatever, whatever, whatever. You get where I'm going with this. That was a little random. But anyways. It's like, this is another example where it's like a someday life and like, this isn't it, you know, I'll be ready when, right? I'll do it when, when I figure this out, when I'm less afraid, when it feels like the more right time, when I have more time, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So enough with those Instagram posts. Um, But basically, yes, I've sort of been talking about this someday life and putting things off and living as if this isn't it because we all could die tomorrow. Like, you know, a car accident, terminal illness, sadly, a mass shooting, right? Like, fuck, uh, tomorrow's not guaranteed. This is it. So what I have noticed is that I've, I've spent a lot of time living my life thinking about the end of it. And 
I'm just recalling this right now, but I remember back in 2008, there was a Lululemon ad and the ad for Lululemon talked about your obituary. This is so funny. I'm just recalling this right now. Um, I actually think I've read about, I've actually talked about the Lululemon ad on this podcast before, if I remember correctly, or on my Instagram. Um, so this is just off the cuff and unplanned, but their advertisement was like, what are people going to say about you at your funeral? What's going to, what are people going to say in your obituary? And it was this invitation to really think about your end, the end of your life and allow that to support you in showing up more powerfully and being the type of person that you're committed to being or being the type of person that you think you are, but you haven't really been acting in those ways because our minds play tricks on us quite a bit. Um, and I remember that having a profound impact on me. This must have been 2008 or 2007 or 2008 because uh, that's when I worked at Lululemon. And uh, this advertisement was from a magazine, but I think they like had it in the back staff room or whatever. And, and, um, it was very impactful for me to think about the end of my life as a tool for making decisions in my life in the present moment. And I think that it's very clarifying. And the more that I am thinking out loud with you right now, I think that it also was a catalyst for me finally doing the thing around recovery, uh, of finally not continuing to put it off and to be like tomorrow and tomorrow and next week and next week or next month or whatever of just being like, no, I need to do it now. Cause if I don't do it now, when, right? Like how much more time is going to go by where I keep saying I'm going to do it. And then I don't do it when the moment is in front of me. So that's just a side tangent, but let's get into the top five regrets of the dying. So again, this is a book by Bonnie Ware and how I heard about it was that my yoga teacher, a teacher that I was uh, going to yoga, I was going to his class frequently. At the end, he always like gives us like a really beautiful quote. And one of the quotes that he said is, free yourself from the slavery of other people's opinions. True liberation comes from listening to your intuition. Once you taste the joy that life becomes, you'll never look back. And after he shared that quote, he talked about this book. He said that the number one regret of the dying is I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others had expected of me. With this top regret, the top five regrets, right? And the first one, the number one most common regret is not living a life true to yourself. And so I just want to invite you to just take a moment while you're on your walk or you're doing the dishes or you're driving, whatever you're doing while you're listening to this podcast and think about where in your life are you not being true to yourself and you're doing what others expect. Where are you engaging in a fond response? If you remember in the episode with Rachel, um, where we talked about romanticizing your eating disorder, she shared a lot about the fond response and how we end up shape-shifting. We end up being this chameleon where we're like really, really like nice to people, but it's inauthentic and it's kind of a form of manipulation that could result in you not being true to yourself. So where are you maybe continuing to keep relationships going 
that you no longer want to be in? Who are you spending time with that you don't actually really enjoy spending time with? Or um, maybe it's working and doing things that you don't want to be doing. Um, Where are you maybe hiding about your sexuality or um, who you love? Or where are you continuing to put the thin obsession within our culture first, right? Like one of the common things that we do as women uh, is we people please to the thin standard and the beauty standard. And we abandon ourselves to please other people and make other people comfortable. So we keep dieting, we keep restricting, we you know, spend a bunch of money on uh, beauty practices or whatever, whatever, whatever. We keep doing these things to make ourselves more palatable for other people, but we're being inauthentic, right? Like we're not being our true selves. So just take a moment. Where have you not had the courage to live a life true to yourself? Okay, regret number two is I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And when I was reading this regret, a lot of it was a, there was definitely examples of women in here um, and also examples of men where instead of going on vacation or spending more time with the people that they love or doing fun things while they were still able to do those fun things, they kept putting it off so that they could work and make money. And in some instances, it was just continuing to build wealth that they didn't really need because you can't take money with you when you die, um, at least to my knowledge. And it was also where they were putting their employer before the people who were most important to them. And, you know, in our culture, we do, you know, we do praise productivity and working hard. And I definitely want to invite nuance into this conversation because some of us need to work the amount of hours that we work just to make ends meet because there's so much economic injustice with the division of wealth in this country and around the world. So just, you know, take some nuance with this. But you can ask yourself, where am I putting work first when I don't need to put work first? Like maybe, you know, not having the regret of working so hard means that you close your laptop at 6 p.m., right? Or you create stronger boundaries with your employers or with yourself if you're self-employed so that you get to continue to live your life and do the things that you enjoy doing. Um, Have you had many years go by where you don't use your vacation days or something like that? So just taking a look at maybe where in your life are you working and not letting yourself do the things that you want to do. It's very possible that this could be working out Maybe you're spending ridiculous amounts of time at the gym because of your eating disorder and so you're skipping out on happy hours or time with friends or maybe you're busy in your exercise addiction and you're missing your kid's soccer game or baseball game or dance recital or whatever. Just another way of how that can apply to specifically what we talk about on this podcast. Okay, regret number three. I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Wow, yeah. Um, A lot of what 
I take away when I hear this is expressing how we really feel. So not just being vulnerable and facing our fears and maybe doing trauma work or healing work, right? Like facing the past shame that maybe we have, um, or sadness or grief around past experiences, but also the courage to express your feelings to the people in your life, telling them how much you love them or telling them how much they have hurt you and how upset you are or how angry you are. All the feelings are valid, but at some point, you know, these people might not be around and so you might not get to have those conversations. So just take a moment in your life and look like, where am I not honest with how I really feel? This kind of, to me, relates to regret number one of having the courage to live a life true to yourself. But you can also look at like, just where am I not being honest about how I really feel? Maybe it's in my relationships with friends, with families, with partners, with my employers. You know, where am I putting on an act? Where am I overprotecting my heart? Or where am I hanging on to bitterness and resentment? And that bitterness and resentment is costing me love and joy and happiness. You know, maybe you're so bitter and resentful at your mom or your dad and that attachment to being right about what they did wrong is costing you love in that relationship or presence in that relationship. And if you were able to just be honest about those feelings and get them resolved, you could then have the types of relationships that you wanted. Okay, and regret number four is I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. This is obviously much easier now with social media, right? Like there's people that I follow either on Facebook or Instagram that like I went to middle school or high school with and like I haven't talked to them in over a decade. Um, So I think social media has made this one a lot easier to stay in touch with people than ever before, but that doesn't mean it isn't worth taking a look at. Are there people who I really care about that I haven't stayed in touch with and I want to call them? And maybe it's a friend from the past or an old coworker, maybe even family, you know, but just taking a look at, are there people that I lost touch with that I do really care about? Maybe you can send them thinking of you would love to catch up soon text, you know? Don't want to spend too much time on that one because, again, I feel like with social media, it's just kind of a different ball game uh, than prior to the internet. And then regret number five is I wish I let myself be happier. So I'm going to talk about this without necessarily bringing in a ton of nuance around clinical depression um, and needing antidepressants. So if that's your situation, please take everything that I'm saying with a grain of salt. But one of the things that was really interesting to me when I was reading about this regret within the book and hearing the stories of the people who were about to die is how so many of them felt like happiness was a choice and they wouldn't let themselves be happy because they hadn't accomplished everything that they wanted to accomplish or there were bad things going on in the world or in their life and so they felt like they couldn't be happy amongst that grief or that upset or whatever and a lot of them had said that happiness is just a perspective and if you're willing to shift your perspective on different situations that then you can find happiness even if the situation doesn't specifically 
change. And I've spent a lot of time thinking about this one personally of, I wish I'd let myself be happier. And, and part of the reason why is I have really been taking inventory in my life of all of the times where I wasn't present in my life because I was living within that illusion of this isn't it and I'll be happy when. So to give you some examples is I remember when I was studying abroad in Australia and I kept being like, I miss LA. I wish I was back in LA. And then I got back home to LA and I was like, fuck man, I wish I was back in Australia. And how because I live within the illusion of like, I'll be happy when, or I'll be happier when X, Y, and Z happens, I miss out on the present moment. I miss out on the moment in front of me, which is all there is because I'm caught up in the illusion of someday or tomorrow, or I'll be happy when, and not allowing myself to just be happy in the present moment and be grateful for what is here. Even if there's still more that I'm working on, or if there's more that I want out of life or more that I want to do, that doesn't mean I can't be happy with what I have and where I'm at. And this has been a really big one for me because with the end, with deciding to close the door on this chapter with coaching, I've also reflected on when I wasn't truly allowing myself to be happy with the success that I had built within this coaching business because I just was like, it's not enough yet. I'll be happy when I reach this next financial milestone or I'll be happy when I have this many people in my group coaching program or when I have this many testimonials or when I have this many book sales or whatever. And I robbed myself of allowing myself to be happy and grateful and present in the moment because I just kept living within the like, this isn't it, that accomplishment is next. That accomplishment is is the one, right? When I get that one, then I'll be happy. And what ends up happening is like we get to that that next level, that next accomplishment, and we're only feeling vibey for a short amount of time. And we do this with our weight. We're like, oh, when I get to that weight or I get to that size, then I'll be happy. That'll be enough. And then you get to that weight or you get to that size and you're like, "Mm, but now I need to fix this or this isn't quite right. And like, it's never enough. There's always another thing and more weight to lose or another flaw to fix or whatever. And it's just like this on, it's just like the carrot dangling in front of us and we never actually get the carrot. And so this whole thing of like, I wish I let myself be happier. This has been one of the most potent ones for me right now as I'm transitioning I'm closing down this business and I'm opening up another one and it's been it's stressful it's always stressful starting a new business this will be my third one that I'm starting and um I'm trying to be present in as much as I can every day and to not just keep living in the future and what I'm working towards but to really give myself the gift of being present in the journey Because I do realize in hindsight that I didn't really do a great job of giving that to myself when I had the coaching business and when I had the restaurant as well, the, the, you know, the cafe that I owned. Um, And I noticed a lot that like, even when I had my corporate job at the law firm, I've looked back and I'm like, wow, like, yeah, there was things that I hated about that job and that were stressful and et cetera. But I took so much for granted. Like there was so many things about that job 
that were amazing and I took them for granted. And so I think that's kind of been the biggest thing relating to the, I wish I let myself be happier regret is I've noticed how often in my life I've taken things for granted and I've made, I've had the perspective that things are, that because there are certain things that aren't the way that I want them to be, that I can't be grateful for the things that are the way that I want them to be or are the way that I enjoy them or like them. That if it isn't exactly right, then I can only focus on what's wrong. And that has robbed me of happiness and it has robbed me of the present moment and being grateful for what is in front of me. And I'm now 35 and I don't want to keep living my life like that. Wow, I'm getting emotional. Um, I want to be present. I want to be as happy as I can be every single day. I want to be grateful for what I have, even if there are things I'm still working towards. Because if I continue to say, oh, well, I'll finally be proud of myself when I've bought the house that I want, I'm going to miss all of my life that is unfolding until I get to that house. And then I'm going to get to the house and then I'm sure it's going to be something fucking else. And maybe you can relate to what I'm saying but it's really easy to think that you'll be happy when X, Y, and Z, and then you just miss the moment. You just miss your life. You miss your life. I feel like in some ways I have missed my life. Um, not a hundred percent, but I'm just noticing where I haven't allowed myself to be happy in the moment because it wasn't quite right. It wasn't exactly it. And I don't want to do that anymore because this is it. This is it. This is my life. This moment. This is your life. This is it. And tomorrow's not promised. And if you keep pushing things off until someday you're going to get to the end of your life and realize you didn't fucking live your life. And you'll be filled with all of these regrets. And I'm speaking to myself as much as I am speaking to anybody else here. I'm not trying to preach. I'm just sharing the lessons that I've been discovering and relearning over and over again. And I hope that they're helpful for you in the ways that they've been helpful for me. So um, to close up this episode, I want to just bring this back to sort of the eating disorder recovery space. When you're thinking about your current struggle with your relationship with food and your body and where you're at with your recovery, how often you've chosen recovery over thinness or how often you've let the fear of weight gain keep you in your eating disorder or your body shame keep you from going on vacation or keeping you from dating or keeping you from going to the family reunion or keeping you from applying for the job that you want or starting the business you want to start. Just like where in your life is your relationship with food in your body? Where are you using as, a, as an excuse to not do the thing? When I lose this weight, then I'll be nice to myself. However, it's unfolding for you. And I want you to just ask yourself at the end of your life, looking back, what are you going to wish you had done as it relates to your relationship with food and your body? Are you going to look back and say, I'm really glad I kept isolating myself from my friends and family because of my weight? Or are you going to look back and say, I wish I spent more time obsessing over what I'm eating or actively avoiding eating? I'm really glad that I, I kept letting perfectionism stop me from living my life or from trying that thing. You know, I wish I dieted and restricted even more than I did. 
You know, I wish I was more hard on myself or I'm so glad I let the fear call the shots and so on and so forth. Or are you going to want to look back and see something different? What choices do you have to make now so you are proud and fulfilled when it's all said and done? So whenever I am terrified, confused, or unsure, I sit with this. I imagine myself on my deathbed looking back and often the next, step re- the next steps reveal themselves as well as the courage to take them. I'm going to start to close this up because I am ridiculously rambly today, but I hope that what I have shared has been valuable for you. Before I close, I do want to say that, um, like I had mentioned in previous episodes, my online course, Food, Body, Soul, the Academy and Embodied Rebel Masterclass, they are still available for purchase, but they are going to no longer be available for purchase very soon, just a couple of weeks before, um, I close this chapter. And when I close this chapter, the courses will no longer be available. So please take advantage of those opportunities. The courses are absolutely incredible. And if you've ever gotten anything out of this podcast, the courses will absolutely make a difference for you. Um, so yeah, think about the end of your life, not in a morbid way, but in a, how do I need to live my life? So at the end of it, I am fulfilled kind of way. Oh yeah, and I almost forgot. Go check out my new book, One Day at a Time, Daily Reflections to help you overcome your food and body image struggles. You can just search the book on Amazon. I'm so proud of this book and I hope that you absolutely love it. So be sure to check that out. Okay, you guys, thank you so much for listening. If you've made it all the way to this point, I appreciate it so much. If you have any questions or comments, DM me on Instagram, share the podcast with a friend or in your Instagram stories, and I will see you guys in the next episode.